Hello, I'm Tracy Jules, and welcome to another episode of Horror Movies and Scary Stories, where we bring unproduced films to life using talented voice actors, atmospheric music, special effects, and all of this is to create a haunting image for you. We also do this with our real-life ghost stories, and tonight, we have one of those for you. This episode, Every Breath You Take, is based on an actual live event. And this story happened to me as a child. It's what changed me in believing in ghosts. And it set me on a path of telling ghost stories and eventually becoming a horror screenwriter. So tonight's actors are Aaron Lee Newmeyer as Jilly, C.C. Calora as Young Jilly, and Arenda Velvet Worth as her sister, Sarah. And now, every breath you It's late summer, 1968, in a small town in upstate New York. Children's laughter fills the air as tall wheat fields sway in the warm breeze. Tiny hands feather the blades of wheat as they run past them, headed towards the home that sits off in the distance. Young Jilly is only seven and living life to the fullest. Her big green eyes peek out from unbrushed hair dotted with wheat pieces and a little bit of hay. She's adventurous and always one step ahead of her sister, Sarah, who is trying to match pace and oblivious to what her sister is about to do. Tag, you're it. (laughs) No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And stop. You're such a pain in the butt. Too late. You're it. Catch me if you can. Sarah cannot keep up with her younger sister. Young Jilly runs through the field to the entrance by the country house. It's a small two-level farmhouse with a sitting porch on the front, as well as a side entrance. It was built nearly 100 years before this day. I'll never forget that house. Ever. Just looking at it now, sitting in the summer sunshine, makes it look completely inviting, warm, and homey. A small van sits in the driveway by the side entrance next to an old, worn Corvair. A woman's voice yells from inside the house as young Jilly approaches it. Young Jilly runs in, slowly followed by Sarah. As the girls enter through the side door leading into the dining room, there's a table in front of them filled with boxes. If you go to the left, it leads to the living room, and if you go to the right, that's the side the kitchen is on. The kitchen is stripped of modern conveniences. It has only two cupboards, a faucet, and a sink. Young Jilly runs in here but is shooed out by her mother. She runs through the living room, now chased by Sarah. Catch me if you can! (laughs) The girls run upstairs to see their two older sisters, Maureen, 11, and Velma, 13. Ha ha! Can't catch me! I'm not trying to! What the heck? Look at all of this mess! We have to clean up this bedroom full of garbage that these people left! Standing at the door of a small bedroom filled with stacked newspapers, old boxes, many cobwebs, and rotted, broken furniture, the sisters are uneasy. Why didn't they take this junk with them? Do we have to clean all this up before we sleep in here? Velma looks at her with a sad face and nods her head. 
Well, that's a drag and definitely not gravy. The room was filled with stacks of old newspapers and magazines that were tied together with twine. They were eventually sold for a nice little profit by my mom. We also found about 20 porcelain dolls that the owner let my mom keep and sell. I remember them telling her we could have one of the dolls if we wanted, but they were the creepiest things you've ever seen. Without hesitation, she pushes through the cobwebs and begins pulling on stacks of newspapers, boxes of other items, and eventually her sisters join in. I had no fear as a child. And my sisters would use my small stature to get into all the parts of that nasty room that they didn't want to. Finally, the four girls begin to move their cots into the empty room, having cleared it out. They set them up themselves. Young Jilly is pushed to the smallest corner that comes to a very narrow V. My oldest sisters took the biggest wall that had the only windows in the room and still managed to fight about it. My sister Sarah was on the same wall as me, but behind the door. My cot was squished in the corner that came down to a very low pitch of only a few feet. But I was the smallest, so I had the least amount of room. It was going to be our first night sleeping in there, and we didn't have a shade or a curtain to keep the moonlight from streaming in the room. I remember that first night, and I will for the rest of my life. Later that night, the moon is high in the sky, filling the room with light. My older sisters were always evil to me. Maureen tortured me every chance she could get, simply because people would comment to my mother on how cute I was. She hated that. It drove her to be even more mean than my other siblings. But tonight, sitting still in my bed and staring at the beautiful moonlight that graced our room, I felt secure unbeaten, living in the beauty that was the earth. We had these thin blankets. Anyone from the 60s may remember them. They would pill terribly, and they were nearly see-through, providing no warmth. They were more of a mental thing that you were covered. Maybe it's why I felt so good in that bed right at that moment. Her room is still quiet. I lay there for a while, waiting for sleep to find me just like I do today. I've never been one to fall asleep fast. Maybe I didn't have a TV, but I had that moon lulling me, drifting me towards slumber, its glow pulling me towards dreamland. But that's when I heard it for the first time. A raspy breathing starts in the far corner by the end of Vilma's bed. It was subtle at first, almost unnoticeable, but it seemed to be moving slowly inching its way across the floor. Young Jilly lifts her head and looks up around the room to see each sister. There's no movement in their beds, but the breathing continues. I laid back down and closed my eyes and I could feel the drift of sleep. It was finding me. It now picks up and is a little louder. Right as I was about to submit to the full drift of dreamland, I heard it again. The raspy breathing deepens and seems to be on the move towards Maureen's bed, which is closer to the foot of Jilly's bed. I am not sure what possessed me to say it, 
But I said, Knock it off! I know it's one of you guys! I was almost sleeping. Young Jilly sits in her bed, the room completely quiet. Not a sound. Not even a rustle of the bed covers or a creak of a cot. She lays back down, looking all around her. I lay there thinking for sure it was one of them. Eventually, sleep found me. It's now the next night. The days have been filled with running in the fields, chasing a cat or a dog, and then having pure exhaustion from all of the fun. Young Jilly returns to her bedroom that night, just as her sisters do. She snuggles into her cot, ready for some sleep. But the moonlight fills the room once more, illuminating everything. The very next night, I lie in my bed waiting for sleep to find me, just as it has my sisters. The raspy breathing starts again. I heard it. It was much darker. In fact, that very first moment I heard it the second night, it sent chills down my spine. I've never experienced that in my young life. Maybe my sisters were trying to scare me, or maybe it was just a creak in the wood. I wasn't sure, but I soon would be. The breathing increases in intensity and drifts slowly across the floor. I lay still in my bed. I didn't move. I didn't lift my head this time. The breathing was heavy, darker, more ominous than the night before. But I said, Knock it off, Maureen. The breathing gets thicker. I'm telling Mom. It seems to be creeping towards her as if it's walking. It just kept getting deeper and darker. I laid completely still, not moving. Not moving a muscle. Praying it would go away. I could feel coldness either creeping onto my skin from the room, or was it from my body? I didn't know. The breathing became darker. I quickly pulled the thin blanket over my head and I laid perfectly still, not even a slight movement. The breathing stops at the side of her bed. I could feel it beside the bed. The creak of the floor, the darkness with my eyes closed and that horrifying, dying breath. I kept my eyes closed until I finally fell asleep. The next night seemed to come too fast. How could it be that there I was, lying in that bed again, being blanketed by the moonlight one more time? But I was. I closed my eyes. I wanted to fall asleep. And that's when I heard it. The very next night, the breathing starts once again. But this time, it's more stronger, more ominous. The moonlight illuminated the room. I lifted my head to look around. Surely, it had to be one of my sisters, but it was quiet until that coldness, that horrifying terror lay upon my tiny soul as the breathing grew louder, deeper, darker. And I knew it was moving across that terrible little room looking for me. I kept my eyes open as it seemed to be nearing my bed. 
The darkness of it was enveloping my skin and burrowing into it. I lie still, completely motionless, when it stops at the side of my bed. I strained my eyes to look. There was nothing there. It sounded as if it was bending over to get close to me. I quickly pulled my thin covers over my head and the breath was now on top of me, right above my young face, covered with a sheer blanket. I sat still. Then, the hot breath of what was above me pierced my thin veil and lay like death on my face. I thought for sure I was mistaken. I had to be. I heard it again. And then a deep exhale right upon my face, that hot, terrifying breath. I held my breath. Maybe it was me, but there it was. That was it. I was pulling off the covers and finding out who it was, which sister it was. Young Julie rips off the thin blanket down to her waist. She looks straight up. I looked up to the side, then there it was again in my face. So I held my breath even tighter, and then the hot breath exhaled upon my face with the eyes wide, but there was nothing there. Nothing! There it was again, in my face. So I held my breath even tighter. Then the hot breath exhaled upon my face with my eyes wide open, but there was nothing there. Nothing! I never returned to the room after that night. I slept in my mother's bedroom until we moved out of that house. I would never cross the threshold of that door to that haunted bedroom. Never again. I know what I didn't see, which was anything attached to that hot ghostly breath. And I know it wasn't me. A few years later, We found out that an elderly couple lived in that house for years. The wife passed away and left the husband alone. He died in that room as he was storing his saved newspapers. But his body lay there for weeks before they found him. And I'm the one who touched all of the things that he touched. The things that he loved. Somehow he crossed a threshold to touch me, a touch I'll never forget and never want to relive. We moved out of that country house and I never looked back. And we fade to black. Ooh, that is some story. You know, I never did step foot across that threshold in that room ever again. In fact, You know, I think of that a ghost's hot breath landing on my face with no body attached may have been more terrifying for me. Because as I sat there holding my breath and then this breathed in my face and it was hot, I just lost it. I felt that old man's spirit, that he was trapped in that room. You know, and as an adult, I would drive by that house and just cringe looking at the windows where that room was. Ugh, I wondered if the people that bought that house ever had a similar experience. Hmm. 
If you would like to share your true life ghost story and maybe have it become one of my episodes, reach out to me on Instagram. It's Tracy Jules. That's T-R-A-C-I-E dot J-U-L-E-S. Or you can reach out on Twitter. That's at Tracy Jules. At T-R-A-C-I-E-J-U-L-E-S. That one has no dot. My next episode, and probably one of my scariest screenplays to date, is coming. So click the subscribe button for a talk day and uh, you'll be first to hear it. Have a good night, folks, and try to keep sweet dreams instead of nightmares. <laughs>